Welcome to Lake Rising. Hockey guys, Stefano, and I'm a longtime resident here in Lake County, and I just want to highlight the great features of Lake County. And hey, everybody, I am Sean Parks, and we are going to explore and study and talk about and have lots of fun with the built and natural environments of Lake County. You know, it's what we do. We talk about all things great in Lake County. This is Lake Rising. Coming to you from the underground broadcast studio bunker. I'm Larry the K, and the great things that are happening in Lake County, Florida aren't anomalies. This county, this region, our community is on the rise. This is Lake Rising. Yeah, this is Lake Rising, and we're missing a couple tonight. Oh, and, and we're not in the studio bunker, Larry. Some of yeah. us are. We From the command central, we're in the studio bunker. Yes, you guys are all remote on Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. Yeah, I'm coming to you from the tuba section of the UCF uh, Knights uh, Band. And uh, Rocky, you look like you're coming from the, the, the Arizona desert, maybe? Yeah, I'm in, yeah. uh, you know, what, what is it, in Zion National Forest? Okay. That's beautiful. Ooh, that's a nice place. Ragged. John, can we talk about how bad uh, uh, FSU is? Because uh, seems to be that UCF and FSU had a common opponent. And well, we could talk about that, Rocky, but we won't because we're going to talk about conservation tonight. That's <laughs> changing the subject on you. Um, that's did we did we did we already do our football preview show? Didn't we talk about this already? No, no? we did not. Okay, we did not. All right. Hmm. Well, maybe maybe at the end of the show, maybe something if we have time afterwards, like we'll do a, a lake rising after hours or something like that. You know, yeah, so we can talk. Sean, do we yeah. have a guest on this? podcast we actually do have a guest and it, it, it's a, a very esteemed guest i will tell you right now and we're going to get lots of good questions from rocky and i we could also talk a little bit about ebo and ryan who aren't on, aren't on the show tonight with us today with us um so you know feel free to mix in a little bit if we want to usually i'm the one who gets picked on so maybe if they're not here we can we can pick on them a little bit what do you think rocky oh for sure good well, we missing uh, Ryan's mustache today. Yes, his COVID mustache, as he says. Yeah, that's right. Um, yes, Larry, we have an awesome guest with us tonight. Um, tonight, today, whatever it is, whenever you're listening to the Lake Rising podcast, we have an awesome guest with us, uh, Timothy Salen, who is the owner of the famous Cherry Lake Tree Farm. Uh, Cherry Lake Tree Farm is not just any farm. It is, uh, it's massive. It's huge. It's a, it's a big company. They employ a lot of great people within Lake County in the central Florida area. Um, but they have, uh, I, I know uh, Tim will come on here in a second and tell us all about it, but they uh, have a very uh, conservation-minded um, ethic, which uh, I've always said is important is to continue to build as a leader. We're all leaders in the community to build a conservation ethic within our community because Lake County is incredible. It's real Florida, real close. Central Florida is beautiful. We love Disney, but there's a lot more outside of uh, Disney uh, than meets the eye, you know, that we've got to get out and see. And so, so Cherry Lake Tree Farm has been a big part of that for many years, uh, both in landscaping and promoting conservation. Uh, Tim's going to tell us all about it. Not only that, but um, they're just an awesome place to work. I mean, they were rated as uh, awarded recently as literally one of the best places to work in all of central Florida by the Orlando Sentinel. They got an award for that. Um, so Tim, 
We are, uh, we're pleased to have you on our show today. It is an honor. And thank you for, for taking some time out. Could you tell us, start by telling us um, everything about Cherry Lake Tree Farm, about yourself, maybe a little bit. And, and we've got some questions because we're going to talk, um, we, as we said in the kind of the opening was, uh, we like to talk about the built and natural environment. So we're going to ask some questions and some, maybe talk about some things that we can do as a community to, um, to promote conservation in Lake County. So welcome, Tim. Uh, thank you, Sean. And it's a real honor for me to be here with you guys. Um, big fan of, of this podcast and big fan of, of Rocky and Sean. I know you personally and have enjoyed, you know, being a part of this community and being a part of this community uh, inevitably leads you to, uh, to meet other leaders um, who are doing great things for, for Central Florida and Lake County. And, and that's you, Sean and Rocky and, and Larry. So thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, we are a, uh, an agricultural business, and um, my family moved to Lake County in 1980. My parents uh, moved our family here from France, and um, they started a citrus business. And they bought, uh, they, they bought some citrus groves in Lake County, took out a loan, and um, you know, put it all on the line, so to speak. And um, they were part of that um, that group of people who really took a big hit in the early eighties when the freezes came through here and um, devastated the citrus industry, the trees, you know, usually a freeze will kill the fruit and you lose the crop for the year, but it got so bad that it killed the trees. Wow. Actually, I remember cause it was right on Christmas. And I think at the time, 1983, I was, uh, so I was five years old. Um, and, uh, it's a white Christmas in Florida. Mm-hmm. So I thought this was the greatest thing in the world. I was outside jumping on the trampoline, catching snowflakes, you know, and uh, waiting for the presents. And, and, and it was just a lot of joy. But I remember seeing my father and I didn't understand what was wrong with dad. He was catatonic. He looked like a ghost. And I, you know, now I understand, you know, he was losing everything that night. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where everything started for us in Lake County, you know, a little bit of adversity at the beginning. Um, thankfully, my, uh, my parents were resilient and, um, and brave enough to keep going. They, they got things back together and they started the ornamental tree farm, um, which is what we know now as Cherry Lake. And they started that on five acres of land on these burnt out citrus groves. Now, is that, is that where you're located now? That's where we are now. Um, it's on Cherry Lake, Cherry Lake Road. Uh, a lot of the cyclists know this because it's a very popular route for the cyclist and anyone who's driving in that part of the county, um, maybe going from <clears throat> Groveland North on 19, uh, will see the farm because we have about two and a half miles on 19. So um, a lot of people will drive by now the farm and, and they'll comment on how beautiful it is, but it wasn't always that big. You know, it started out, like I said, on five acres. Literally, I remember my, my dad and, and, and his grower at the time, Mr. Mr. Ed, they were picking magnolia seed pods out of our yard. And that's how they, they seeded the first trees. Now today the farm is, um, 1,100 acres here in, in Lake County in Groveland. And uh, we still farm citrus and the company has grown. We've been fortunate. We have uh, now 
we farm 10,000 acres across the state of Florida and uh, have 500 employees. Wow. Wow. 10,000 acres. Hey, tell, tell us about the, uh, the, cause you're, I know you're going to be kind of humble and modest about this, but tell us about the, uh, that award that I mentioned that you received. The, the, uh, so yeah, the, um, the best places to work. Well, you know, there are certain things that mean more than others. And, and that one's right at the very top. Um, mm-hmm. Because um, it was um, the Orlando Sentinel. This was this was a little while back. The Orlando Sentinel does a, a ranking or an evaluation of best places to work, and they they look at things like um, benefits, and they look at things like uh, compensation and another of other metrics. And that's fine. We're happy to be recognized. But there was one particular thing that they did, which was really interesting, and that is they they had the employees write. Um, you know, fill out a survey and write um, their, um, you know, their impressions of the company. And so there was an employee's choice award and we won that award in, in 2013. And that was really special because it was our employees speaking directly with their voices. Um, and then the Orlando business journal does a similar ranking. And we, we typically, we typically are, are named one of the best places to work in central Florida. Tim, I know, um, and you know, I'm going to brag on you just a bit. You're um, younger than me, much younger than me. In fact, when you said you were five in '83, it made me realize how much older I truly am. Um, I think I was a freshman in high school <laughs> during that same period. But um, you are one of the leaders that uh, not only myself, but many people really look to in the community. I think what I've always been impressed about is you are constantly trying to adapt and change and make your environment, um, better for your team. Uh, and I know you take that very seriously. So I, I, it's a real, real huge kudos for you, for you guys to win those awards. Yeah. Thank you, Rocky. And I think the, the, the terms adapt and change are, are really, at the heart of, of who we are and what we try to do. And it is rooted in our um, experience having faced adversity. Well, my parents are the ones who created this company and, and created this culture because, you know, they, they were the ones who had to deal with the freezes and after the freezes, you know, when you're in agriculture, it's tough. You know, every business is tough. In agriculture, you deal with mother nature. So we have freezes, we have, hurricanes to deal with. Um, we had a hailstorm, which was absolutely devastating in the, in the mid nineties, five minutes of hail. I remember that. Set us back five years. Um, but then you have pest and disease. Um, and then we deal with the economic cycles and nowadays, of course it's COVID. And so these things taught our, our company to be resilient you know, not because we were smart, um, but because we had to, the only way to survive was to adapt and change. And so I think after taking so many, you know, so many gut punches, we, we got pretty good at, at it. And, um, and that applies to everything we do now. Yeah. Your, your farm is, uh, I hate calling it a farm because if anybody who's not familiar with your property, I would really encourage them to drive it. It is, it's gorgeous. It's absolutely just beautiful land. You're one of the largest in the country now. Is that correct? As an, as a producer of ornamental landscape trees, we are considered one of the largest in the country. 
maybe the third largest. I don't really know. There's some big farms out west. Certainly in the southeast, we're, we're the largest or among the larger ones. Yeah. So your customer base is, is broader than just Lake County. That's correct. We, we, ship, we ship trees from New York to Texas uh, and wow. occasionally further. We have some trees in Vegas um, at a few of the casinos, and I think we shipped some trees to China last year. So not, not typically where we go, but for the most part, we have steady markets throughout the Gulf states and up the Atlantic seaboard. Florida is about 50% of our business for the ornamental trees. And uh, a lot of what we do is tied to new construction. So we, you know, as, as the new construction market goes, you know, so, so do we, and that's been, that's been up and down in Florida, but right now it's okay. Do you also with any of the theme parks? Oh, we do a tremendous amount of of work with the theme theme parks. They're great customers to have, although right now it's, it's really tough times for them. Um, And I'm a little worried about, what what the next couple of years are going to look like on that side, but we do work a lot with Disney and Universal, SeaWorld. Um, so most people who live in Central Florida, whether they know it or not, they've they walked under the shade of one of our trees and, and breathed some air that that was scrubbed by some of our trees. That's that's almost certain. Yeah, you definitely, and you've you've uh, you've given trees away. I know that you do. Uh, you donate trees to uh, for planting. Pr- planting projects. Uh, I can think of one right now along Lake Apopka. Lake Apopka, massive lake uh, in central Florida. Uh, We share that in Lake County with Orange County. And uh, big history there about uh, the pollution and and it's come back now. And one of those, one of the ways that we uh, restore that lake is through plantings along the shoreline and try to get it back to what it was in the in the twenties and thirties and forties when it was so famous as a fishery uh, and it is coming back now, but you've donated uh, thousands of trees, I believe to right? Am I correct? Are the plantings along the shorelines of Lake Ababka? We did, we did donate trees to that project. And I, mm-hmm. you know, I believe that one day we will clean up the lake. Um, mm-hmm. We we're very, we've been very blessed in, in our business and we've had success, but what we want to do, um, myself and my sisters and, and supported by my family. And, and also I think all of our employees feel the same. You know, we, we want to help people appreciate the power of, of, of nature and trees to solve problems, to solve real problems that we face. So if we want to clean up Lake Apopka, planting trees along the shoreline is a very good strategy. Um, and there are other things that we can do to clean our water, to, to, to conserve water, uh, to provide uh, habitat for animals and pollinators and a number of things that can be accomplished with the, the technologies that we have that involve plants. And that's, that's what we're really passionate about. You know, we were having a discussion before we got on the, sh- the show here about uh, technology and the concerns with you know, social media and, and just a lot of negativity that's in the news. Um, and, and, and we use the word in the same kind of the same conversation, conservation ethic. And we said that maybe at the beginning of this, of this show. And you're, we, I know you and I and our passion, I know I think everybody on Lake Rising is passionate about this as well, creating a conservation or promoting a conservation ethic in Lake County, but all of Central Florida. Um, 
So, so what, uh, I mean, <laughs> this is something, this is kind of maybe the second part of our discussion, but how do you, as, as a cons for promoting a conservation ethic, you know, you just mentioned something that's very tangible. Um, what do we do? What do you think we need to do to promote a conservation ethic in, in our community? Is there, what else? Hey, that's a, that's a big question. Mm -hmm. I think that talking about technology and talking about, you know, some of the, the, the media um, negativity is, is maybe a good place to start. You know, I have a 12 year old daughter. I know Rocky, you have a lot of children. You do too, Sean. And yes. um, they're growing up in a world that we just don't know. You know, I, we're not digital natives. We didn't have iPhones. We didn't have social media. We, we kind of understand a little bit the pressures, but we don't really know. Um, there's more and more research out there that's linking social media and, 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 um, and internet communications to anxiety, that's right. um, you know, uh, heightened levels of, of stress, you know, and on top of that, you know, we, I don't want to talk about the political system. I don't want to talk about the media. I, I told that's you guys earlier, I stopped watching the news. Yeah. Um, but, but, but the reality is that we have more and more stress in our lives. I think people can generally agree to that. You know, there's, there's, we're constantly on, on, on heightened alert and we're, there's this adrenal function, you know, where the adrenaline kicks in and, mm -hmm. and it's holding us in, in this state of agitation. Well, what we know about nature is that nature does the opposite for our um, biochemistry. You know, our endocrine system responds to nature by producing dopamine, which helps to, you know, reduce the adrenaline levels. And, and this is something that researchers have shown, you know, they know now because they can measure what's going on in the brain and, and do all kinds of things. But when people are around plants, when people are in a forest, when people are gazing upon a mountain or when people are watching the waves, you know, roll up on the beach, they are experiencing a reduction of adrenaline and they're producing dopamine. So, I see this return to nature as the necessary counterbalance, you know, to our, our digital lives. And, um, you know, I try to get my daughter outside, right? I try to get her outside. Let's go look at the butterflies. Let's go look at the, the birds, you know, we're lucky, you know, sometimes we see turkeys and sometimes we see, I saw bears today, um, but whatever it is, you know, that, that allows you to appreciate nature is a very powerful thing for your well-being and, and, and our children's well-being. They don't want to do it, though. They're, you know, she just wants to hold on to her phone. But that's okay. You know, we're, we're little by little. Well, and I think yeah. we, were, we were discussing a documentary on Netflix called The Social Dilemma. And, um, I, you know, I, I've seen it. I, I've seen it with the team that I employ, their anxiety and stress levels have gone through the roof. And it's because they're constantly comparing themselves uh, via social media to everybody else. And I think, um, to me, our return to nature, like, I, I almost wonder sometimes if COVID, COVID hasn't been somewhat of a reboot, like to really get people to just slow a little bit down and to experience some of the things that are out there. And to me, Florida is, is beautiful. Like 
it's it's different than the mountains, but there's so much to enjoy, and specifically in Lake County, where we're you know surrounded by lakes and beautiful forests mm-hmm. and great trails. There's so much that, to me, conservation, um, you know, it's a necessity to the point. You know, it's scary what could happen if we are if we continue to destroy, you know, the areas around us. Yeah, I agree. I mean, one of the, one of the things that I used to do uh, in, in my training was bald eagle monitoring. So I would, we would, I would monitor a bald eagle nest and, you know, you stay 660 feet away from it and you, you get up, you get up early in the morning and you monitor it and you, you, you have to mon- notice all it, all the bald eagles behaviors, whether you were agitating it, whether a noise was agitating it, um, whether they were flying, whether they were feeding. And you did this for a reason because bald eagles are protected species, rightfully so. What you're not supposed to do is cause uh, an immense amount of stress on them where they're not reproducing and where they're not, uh, where they're obviously not feeding and eating as well, uh, affecting their health. So, you know, just noticing all those little stressors, um, humans were much, were much more complex, of course, but all those little stressors like that, like it affects a bald eagle, affect us as well. The stressors of constantly having something pop up on your Facebook, your social media, something, you know, just whatever it is, something you're seeing negative on the news, you you compound that into everything that, you know, a child has to face at school and what we face as adults. Um, You know, as a cardiologist explained me, those constant, as you said, those constant adrenaline pushes in your heart uh, from your adrenal gland, Uh, Tim, you were saying this, is totally true. You get confused. It causes high blood pressure. Um, your endocrine system goes goes foul, and 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 then then we wonder why we're having uh, health problems. And and so the antidote to that is exactly what I believe what uh, we're talking about here is to sit back and listen. Listen to the it, it sounds cheesy and cliche and corny, but listen to the birds chirp a little bit sometimes. Get outside. Just get outside. And and we're so fortunate to live in this amazing county where we have so many natural resources. You know, we have beautiful lakes, beautiful trails, amazing parks. And I I don't know how familiar, you know, all the residents are with all the incredible parks in Lake County, but we have great parks. And, And you're right, Rocky, with COVID, you know, it is about the silver linings, you know, because there's a lot of... A lot of a lot of suffering going on, and and it's been very difficult. But there are things that are happening that are positive. When I go to the trail, I've never seen so many people on the trail. Mm-hmm. You know, go out on the lakes, never seen so many people out on the lakes. So I think people are reconnecting. Landscaping uh, plant sales uh, are are really up right now on the retail side. Now we're more focused on commercial construction, like home building, as I mentioned, but. Indoor plant sales and retail plant sales are through the roof right now. And that's because people are at home connecting with their yards. And I I do think that there's something really positive about this kind of global reset where, you know, we've just kind of all been, you know, asked to take a moment and, and change our routines. So what good will come out of this? You know, we'll see, but I, 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 I'm very optimistic. I believe that people are going to come out of this much better. And part of that will be, we just take more time to pay attention to the outside environment. 
Yeah. You get outside of ourselves, you know, this comparing, you know, to your social media buddies and, and, mm-hmm. and wondering whether you're good enough or whether people are going to like your posts. It's, it's very kind of self-centered. It, it turns you inwards, but when you pay attention to a bald eagle's nest for eight hours, like Sean does, you're paying attention to another species and becoming intimate with, with nature. And that takes you to a place, I think, where we have, you know, a, a greater sense of connection to, to the richness that's around us. And, and the thing that we're learning in, in agriculture and, and landscape is that nature works through biodiversity. It works by creating systems, ecosystems, where a very large number of diverse species are exchanging uh, services with each other, mutually beneficial exchanges. So I'll give you some carbon, you give me some sugars, I'll give you you know, some, some housing, you give me some defense against predators, and, and you have this web of a biodiverse life and it's really fascinating, in fact. Um, it's changing how we approach agriculture in a real way. Yeah, could you tell me about the, you, you mentioned just a few minutes ago uh, about uh, landscaping and, you know, there's this awareness that the, the individual at the homeowner becoming more uh, aware of their landscape. Would you talk a little bit about the outside collaborative uh, that, you, that you're leading the way on, um, what, what you're doing there? So we want to draw um, awareness to the importance of sustainable landscape practices and and sustainability in general. There are a lot of reasons why this is important. Um, We have critical natural resources that are threatened and we have, you know, some concerns about our water quantity or water quality about natural conservation lands mostly all of this is driven by population growth. You have in the state of Florida, I don't know where we're at, maybe about 20 million. We're going to have 34 million people by 2070. That's 14 million more people. Mm-hmm. The global population, we're at seven and a half million, uh, billion, excuse me. And we're going to be at 10 billion by 2050 and 11 billion by the end of the century. When I was born, Rocky, in 1977, I think it was like 4 billion people, right? So this incredible population growth um, is uh, putting pressure on our natural resources. So we need to start thinking strategically about how to, to pivot towards more sustainable practices. And that includes landscaping. You would think that, oh, anytime you plant something, that's great. Not necessarily. You know, if we, if we don't design our landscapes properly, they use a lot of water. We put a lot of chemicals and pesticides on them, and, and those things can be harmful. There's a lot of inputs that end up in our water system and our water streams. So there's an alternative approach. And, Sean, I know you know this very well because this is, this is what you do. You're a professional, and you have a conservation ethos yourself. But for people who maybe – aren't familiar, we can create more sustainable landscapes that use less water, that use less fertilizers. And, you know, the fertilizers are contributing to the algae blooms and, and some of this stuff. Also use less um, pesticides. 
you know, the pesticides, they're harmful maybe to your dogs, might be harmful to you, but where they're really harmful is they're harmful to the pollinators. They're harmful to the insects and it's, it's reducing the biodiversity. So what we want to do is, is rebuild that biodiversity and, um, and reduce our water consumption and, and regenerate our soils. And we can do this because actually it's actually within reach. All we need to do is shift just a little bit how we approach our, our landscapes, our ornamental landscapes. We can make them more sustainable. So outside, uh, it's called outside um, collab, outside collab because it's a collaborative. Just like nature works by creating this web of interconnection, we see the solution to uh, sustainability being collaboration with as many people as possible because you can't fix it on your own. You have to work with the, the government. You have to work with the ac academia. You have to work with the industry. You have to work with the public. You really have to work with everybody to start finding collaborative solutions. So we've created outside collab, which is a, a platform really to communicate and share ideas at, with the goal of making our state more sustainable. That's the purpose. We want to be more sustainable for the future. And we're focusing on landscapes. Yeah, yeah, and I think what you do, uh, Tim, so well there is uh, you speak as a businessman, um, you have balance in what you do, understanding there's an economy and we're growing as well in Florida, but you're trying to balance all that with uh, being keeping us sustainable. And uh, you're right, it's gonna take, uh, as, as we've talked about at a couple of the uh, outside meetings we've already had, uh, events, it's going to take everybody, even, even people, even the people in the business community, like, uh, like the Lowe's and the Home Depot, where, you know, a lot of people come and have this, this uh, preconceived notion they maybe move from New York or Michigan or somewhere else and view where, where they're being located and, and relocated or where they're moving to in, in Central Florida as a tropical paradise and they have these ideas about these plants and they end up actually from a economic sense standpoint, if they even saw the numbers, they would, uh, they would uh, probably think much differently because they end up costing them more money and having to take care of them and, and you know, what they do and, and replacement and you know, what, when the bad weather comes. And so there's an education is what I'm hearing you say is that there's an education. That's kind of what you're trying to lead the way on is the education of that as well, right? Is that, I mean, am I off on that or is that? Oh, you're, you're right on. I mean, we have to, we have to educate people to, to better understand, you know, what can be accomplished with uh, a Florida landscape. A lot of people are moving from out of state, you know, and a, a lot of us have ideas about what our landscape should look like that come out of a book or out of a TV show or, you know, there's these, these preconceived ideas about what your landscape should look like. But, you know, Florida natural landscape is a beautiful thing. It's an incredibly rich, biodiverse, fantastically, you know, alive. There's, um, you know, it's the opportunity to see butterflies and dragonflies and pollinators. They won't sting you. Trust me, they, they don't want to sting you. They're just out there pollinating flowers. Um, uh, fireflies. Yes. You know, and, seen those uh, in a long time. And then when you have you have these beautiful butterflies and fireflies and dragonflies in your garden, 
the hawks will come in, you know, and, and the swallowtail uh, kites and, and the eagles and all kinds of beautiful birds and, uh, and beyond. So as you create the, the, the ground for this biodiverse community, you start creating richness around you. And most people enjoy seeing that. Most people enjoy seeing butterflies and dragonflies and hummingbirds, but you have to plant the right plants to achieve that because all of these um, insects and pollinators and birds, they're feeding off of the native plants and other well-adapted resilient plants for Florida. And you have to create enough diversity in the plants to provide all of the different services and food sources that these various species rely on. So what we need to do is start thinking about gardening for wildlife. And, um, and in doing that, you know, we're also going to be um, addressing water conservation and we're going to be addressing a number of other things like soil health that will have long-term benefits, long-term benefits for the economy and the state. And it's okay. I'm let people come that we're not going to keep them out. It's, it's okay. People are the population, the, the population uh, forecasts are very accurate. You know, they've been forecasting population since the early 1950s and they've been spot on. So we are growing. We're going to get to 34 million in Florida and we're going to get to 11 billion on the planet. Not a problem. We can, we can do it, but we need to start thinking a little differently about, about natural resources. Well, and, you know, to me, what um, understanding we just, as you said, we had this free time that we found. And so we redid our entire front yard and we tried to really take into, you know, take into the equation what should grow here. You know, what could we use that looks beautiful that also doesn't use as much water as others? And I think we did a really good job with it. But even understanding, like you said, seeing a black snake isn't bad. <laughs> like, you know, there's a, there's a real use for it. And I like, I know Trish would probably reach for the machete, but I saw one the other day and I just, I didn't tell her because I understand that it's doing the job. It, you know, it's there for a reason and it's not something to be feared. So I think there's an educational piece that maybe we're missing in our schools or, or maybe not. I mean, I, this is more of a question for you, Sean and Tim. Are our schools doing a better job with third, fourth, fifth, sixth graders explaining, you know, this whole idea? Uh, I mean, you know, t Tim definitely has uh, delved into this, but I'll just say I think the school system focuses on some things that maybe are, um, you know, very big and broad based and, and, you know, maybe even sometimes conceptual in nature when it comes to the environmental issues and conservation. And I really, quite frankly, wish they would focus more on some of like what Tim just said exactly, you know, that what they, what you can do, in, you know, locally here more practically. Now there are great teachers in the Lake County school system. I will say that, that definitely get it and they're doing Absolutely. practical. Yeah. So I don't, I don't want to make that very clear. But in the textbook, you know, the textbooks, I guess, is what I'm to maybe answer your question, Rocky, from my perspective. Um, you know, you can touch on things like the carbon cycle, carbon cycle, nitrogen cycles are all very important. And then, you know, get into the issues or maybe even political issues of carbon banking and, uh, you know, uh, zero carbon input uh, footprint. And I mean, that's all important. But 
Um, but I think there's a lot more to it than that. And, and maybe focusing, start with the, what you can do local, locally at your house and your community is probably the better place to start in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, Tim, you, uh, hey, you I, you're, you're absolutely right, Sean. I mean, there's a lot of things to learn about biology and nature and it's fascinating. I encourage everyone to, to study that, but you got to get outside. You right. got to get outside, go to Lake Louisa state park and walk around. Go to Ferndale Preserve, you know, go to the, the Crooked, River, Crooked River Park, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and, and there's these other amazing parks that like are buried like out there, like, you know, in the county where y- you'll see no one, but, but you'll see amazing wildlife. So when you go outside and start being with nature and paying attention to what's going on, looking at the plants, you know, getting a little bit more intimate the fear will subside. Like my, my daughter, she is so afraid of bees. She is deathly afraid of bees. She's not allergic to them, but she is afraid of them. And, and I, and I get it, you know, I'm afraid of sharks. You know, people are afraid of snakes and spiders. These are visceral things, but you know, with exposure to nature, you can gradually get over that. And instead of the fear, I think what you end up developing, I believe is empathy. You know, as you become more mm-hmm. aware of all these other species and life forms that are sharing our environment with us and who we completely depend on, yeah. 100%. You know, none of this is possible without the pollinators um, and, and everything. Uh, going all the way into the soils and the microbiology of the soils, there's you know, millions and millions of organisms in the soils that, that we depend on. But I think as we, as we just expose ourselves, just go outside, just go to the parks. That's a good place to start. Absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. And those pollinators are important. If you like, uh, it's not just honey, but if you like your food in general, like food. If you like to eat, <laughs> if you like to eat, the pollinators are important and we need to think about those pesticides as well. You're at exact how they're applied. You're exactly right. And, Gosh, there's just so much to talk about. Uh, um, this is why I, maybe at this point in the show, I'll be, I'll be happy to announce and You know, Ryan and Evo aren't here, so they, they don't get a vote in this, but I'm sure they'd vote yes anyway. But I, I think we need to continue this topic with uh, our, our resident expert here in Lake County, Tim, on the conservation ethic, creating a, a conservation ethic in our community, um, maybe exploring some of these uh, some of these parks, these lesser known trails and facilities that we have in Lake County. So that'll get you, Tim, that'll get you out there to do some assignments maybe. And uh, maybe we can go to the Green Swamp. I know you'll go to the Green Swamp with me one day and we can see what we find down there. You think we could, um, uh, you think we can get him back on another show? Yeah. Will you come back on another show? I'd Would love you to, Sean. And uh, I got, uh, I got questions that I didn't even get to ask. So I know Rocky and I hogged the whole time, maybe, you know, so I, I Probably more me than anybody. We, yeah, we're going to take you, Tim. We're going to take a little pause, just a couple of moments, and then we're going to come back and because we've got some questions for Discover you. Discover the art of winemaking at Lake Ridge Winery. We specialize in the production of unique premium wines, which have won over 750 awards for winemaking excellence. Join us for a complimentary winery tour and sample our wines. Then browse through our unique wine shop for a section of gourmet foods and gifts for the wine enthusiast in your family. We invite you to visit our website and learn more about our wine and music festivals. Our wines are 
are also available in your local supermarket or wine shop. Lake Ridge Winery, dedicated to your good taste. And we are excited that Lake Ridge Winery is We part love of the, the Lake Ridge Winery. Yes. Thank you yes. for their sponsorship. Yes, yeah. Yeah. They're a great place. All right. All right. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. You're ready for some questions? Now, this isn't uh, the trivia questions, but these are just some general questions I'm sure you guys may know the answers to. Yeah, and since we're talking, it's, it's important for me to point out that I usually win this too. So I'm being, I'm I, being modest. I'm but, going to keep score. There's a formidable opponent tonight on the show. Okay, the first major question. <laughs> this is a food question, but it's kind of related to what we've been talking about. What is deer meat called? Deer meat. Yes, Tim. Venison. All right. Tim says venison. Rocky and uh, Rocky says venison. And Sean, Sean, we've lost Sean. Oh, I guess Sean. I agree. I agree with it. All right. You uh, were about to answer for me, Rocky, weren't you? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Should we go to football? Little sports question. This is going to be a tough one for somebody that likes uh, fantasy football. It's okay. not the Buckeyes. Yeah, and. Buckeyes. In football, how many points are awarded for a field goal? Oh. Is that a tough question? Yeah, these are softball questions. Larry, what is this? Are you, is this like... This, is this European football or American football? Yeah, very good, trick? very good, very good. Is this a trick question? <laughs> <laughs> what, what is the, what's the answer, Rocky? Three. Three. Okay, Rocky says three. And uh, Sean, do you say... Uh, I'm going to go with you. Tim says three, and Sean says three. There's a trick to this. Yeah, I guess. All right. Wow. Okay. In um, health, we're going to talk about health. What percentage of the human body is water? Okay. Uh, is, that's a little tougher one. Is it 50%, 50, 55%? Is it 60, 65%, or 70, 75%? So you get a multiple choice there. 70-75. Who said that? Tim? Yeah. Tim said uh, 75. Okay. The question again is what percentage of the human body is water? Is it 50 to 55%, 60 to 65%, or 70 to 75%? And Tim thinks we're full of water. I think it's a 60 to 65. Okay. Rocky says. different than somebody in... (laughs) Jim already took 70. Yeah. And Sean's yeah. looking it up on the internet. No, I'm not doing that. I, I have to say, I have to agree with, with Tim on that. It's a, but you know. All right. Yeah, it's 70 to 75. For once. Rocky got it right. 60, what? 65%. No John. way. John. Yeah. All right. We're going to go out. We're going to go out in the woods now. I guess that would be a good place on what Cherry Lake Tree Farm has. What, 10,000 acres? Wow. Okay. What is the fastest land animal in the world? And I, I do not. Is it a tiger? Is it a lion? Or is it a cat or a cheetah? Hmm. I know what it is. I'm going to go with cheetah. Sounds too easy, though. Must be yeah. a truth. I'm going with cheetah as well. Yeah, I, I am too. Although I know that there are some land birds that can really get moving, but I'm pretty sure it's a cheetah. You guys got it right. Congratulations. 
And one last and final question. We're going to go to the entertainment business. What is the name? What was the name of the first Indiana Jones movie? Oh, I know this. I just watched them all. I have no idea. It's the um, Indiana Jones and a Temple of Doom, I think. Okay. Rocky says Temple of Doom. Tim, did you have an answer? I should know this. I know he. It was in. Is in. They were in Africa, and they were looking for the Ark of the Lost Covenant. Okay. Oh, you are right, Tim. I think I messed up there. Yeah, yeah you got the second well, one. Which is the better one, in my opinion? But I think you. I think I appreciate you telling me that, Rocky, because that's. I'm going to go with Timothy's answer on that. Yeah, it's. <laughs> it's. It was Raiders of the Lost Ark. So, yeah, that's yeah. what it's called, yeah. You know, uh, you saw Sean cheat. I mean, right there. <laughs> they always say this, Tim. And I believe that movie's going to be but shown did, on the win. big... I believe that movie's going to be shown on the big screen in Epic this month. So yeah. uh, you get a chance a to movie. see it on the big screen again, yeah. Well, that's... Now, when, all- we have, when we have Tim back on, we need to go... We need to do some Florida history trivia again. That's some good stuff from... Yeah. I, I, think, I think Tim is Florida history. Well, that's true, but I mean, I want some. Not that old. Maybe Rocky. I want another question besides the field goal question. (laughs) Well, that's it for this time. (laughs) Sean can't stand uh, being tied. I cannot stand being tied. Yes, and and, but you know, Tim, you're right. You're right. You're very formidable. You won today. We need we need some tougher questions. Is what we need. All right, we do. Normally, they're very tough. Really, yeah, normally very tough. Yeah. See, I, I thought I'd let him off easy tonight. So. Larry was giving me some snowballs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well I appreciate you guys for having me on, and it's been a real, real yes. honor and a pleasure. I always, always like hanging out with you guys. Good seeing yeah. you. Again. We will have you back on uh, for sure. You are, you are definitely going to be part of our the built a natural environment discussions that we continue to have, right, Larry? Absolutely fantastic. Until next time, I'm Larry the K. Rocky Gestapo. And I'm Sean Parks. And Lake is on the rise.